be as sensitive as possible. I don't know how to go about doing a radio show when you hear the news coming out about Ryan Shazier. I'll just get right to it. A statement released by the Steelers a couple of hours ago. This from Burt Lawton. Last night, UPMC neurosurgeons and Pittsburgh Steelers team physicians performed spinal stabilization surgery on Ryan Shazier to address his spinal injury. That is the information we got. It doesn't go into a lot of detail. It doesn't give us a prognosis. But then again, we're not really entitled to that. And the doctors might not know how things are going to proceed. It is all touch and go, uh, I would imagine, with Ryan Shazier. I'm not going to speculate. Uh, I don't want anyone to call up and speculate. If you call up and you want to give your thoughts and prayers to Ryan Shazier, I totally understand. That's probably where this conversation has to end. Ryan Shazier just had surgery on his spine. I don't know what more you can say after that. You found the Crowley Show. 412-922-2874 is the number to call. Tweet me at underscore Adam Crowley. There is no way to gracefully pivot. And I'm not good at that anyhow. So I'm just going to do the show the way I would do the show normally starting right now. The drive through attendant at Wendy's said I was hot. How about that? This is the second time in a couple of months where I've had someone come up to me and say something like that. It had never happened to me in my life. That's the easier part to believe. It's a lot easier to believe that than it is to believe that somebody actually thought that I was attractive other than my wife. And really, she got in the game way too early. She's known me for 10 years. Uh, We've aged together. She knows my flaws, but she was kind of stuck with me. Not that I got her pregnant or anything, but she became stuck to me. That's the person who tells me I look good. The only one. So I don't know what to do with that information either, but I'm feeling pretty good about it. A couple of months ago, right after we had our Leonardo DiCaprio conversation here on the Crowley Show, while at Trader Joe's, the nice woman who was helping me bag the groceries said I looked like Leo, which is so ridiculous. We can all agree on that. She had to have listened to the show, and if not, well, then I guess I do look like Leo. I don't know what you do whenever you get one of these compliments. I'm married. What I did was this. Smile from ear to ear, look her dead in the eye and say, Hey, thanks. And then I drove away as quickly as possible. I'm sorry. I kind of want her number, though. Not for anything sinister, but just so that I can have her text my wife. Tell her how lucky she is. Who's this? Say, Hey, man, that Crowley guy, he's a catch. All I know about this woman is she gives me food. So, that's a point. Should have given me a discount, though, if I'm that cute. 412-922-2874. Tweet me at underscore Adam Crowley. If you didn't hear what Mike Mitchell said yesterday, then, ho-ho, you've been living under a rock. We've got the entire audio. We'll play that for you at 420. I don't like to take things out of context. I'm probably guilty of having done that yesterday with what Mike Mitchell said to the media. I ripped him a lot. I tend to think of myself as empathetic. I can relate to the common man. I can relate to pretty much anyone. I saw a video of a dude get out of his car on the highway in California where those fires are raging and pick up a bunny. And a cheer trickled down my face. So that's the kind of sissy Mary, if I want to use Mark Madden's words, that I am. I empathize with people. And what I said yesterday about Mike Mitchell, I'd like to retract that. 
Transparency, the number one virtue of the Crowley Show. I said Mike Mitchell has a Neanderthal way about him when discussing the violence of football. That Mike Mitchell is part of the problem. And I think he's part of the problem. That part's not changing. What I will say is he's not a Neanderthal. What he said made sense to me. Before he started playing football, he said he had $360 to his name. He said his life has changed tremendously. His family's life has changed tremendously. He's been able to take some of that money to help his nephew in Cincinnati. He's donated to charities in Cincinnati. He's a charitable guy. He lives his life, and in his life, football is a great thing. Football is not evil. And he says so many people have been making football out to be evil. And I understand where he's coming from. Football has given him this life. So he doesn't want it to change. And he thinks that the way that football is adjudicated, the way that players are being punished, the rules that are now in place make it difficult for him to make money the way that he used to make money. And while it's a little bit selfish, it's also not. It's selfish in that he doesn't think he can play the game the way he used to be able to play, and it hurts his money. But where it's not is he's giving that money to charity. That money also helps his family. So I understand where he's coming from. I understand the plight of NFL players, the decision that has to be made in their minds can't be an easy one. Do we change the way that we play and stop maiming one another? Or do we keep doing what we know how to do? And do we keep doing what we've done since we were children? Do we do what we've been doing since we played in Pop Warner? It's hard to change something when you've been around it for so long. Mike Mitchell's been in the league for a long time. So while I still think that the mindset will lead football to its death because players don't want to change. I can also wrap my head around the fact that they don't, and I can wrap my head around the reasons why they don't want it to change. Your thoughts, 412-922-2874. Tweet me, at underscore Adam Crowley. Do you feel guilty watching football now? I never did, so it makes me a hypocrite. But... I think I'm going to moving forward. I know I did on Monday night. On Monday, watching Ryan Shazier writhing around on the ground, well, at least half of him writhing around on the ground while the other half is motionless, made me realize that these people are people, and they're not commodities just for our entertainment purposes. Ryan Shazier's got a family. Ryan Shazier's got a fiancé. Ryan Shazier's got a father and a mother and people who care about him. We so often think about these players as if they're puppets, We think about these players as if they're actors on a stage, as if they're characters in a TV show, only for our benefit. We dehumanize them at every turn. And it didn't ever really click into me that severely until Monday night. And even more so two hours ago, whenever Brian, my producer and friend and assistant program director, texted me and said, did you see the new statement on Shazier? A guy's spine was operated on. And I have to sit here and discuss whether or not the Steelers have an opportunity to go to the Super Bowl? It's why I asked the question that I did yesterday. Is it too early to discuss what is going to happen to the Steelers? What's going to happen in the middle of their defense? What are they going to be able to do against the Patriots? And the answer slapped me in the face with that text today. Yeah, it was too early. In fact, any time we question what this means for the Pittsburgh Steelers, it's too early now. The guy had surgery on his spine. Is that not surreal? Does it not finally hit you? Does it not make you a little bit guilty 
that you're watching football. Dan Lebetard, personal hero of mine, does a show on ESPN Pittsburgh from 2 o'clock until 4. And he said that football makes him cringe the way that watching porn makes him cringe. And I thought that it was an apt comparison. You look at it as entertainment. You look at it, you know something wrong is going on there. But until you really start thinking about the people who are in the videos, until you start thinking about the people that are out there on the football field, you don't realize how brutal their worlds actually are. I am guilty now watching football. And I can't stop. It's my job. I'd be stupid to stop. I'd have to do something real. Instead of showing up here at Buford's Kitchen, the Terrace on Fit, to sit here from 4 o'clock until 7 and flap my gums, I'd have to do something legit. Sell insurance. That's what all the football players do when they retire, right? At least that's what we hear. That's what I'd have to do. So I have to continue watching football, and part of me is going to enjoy it. But now part of me is not. You think about the opioid epidemic in this country, I know the root cause of the opioid epidemic is the willy-nilly prescription of drugs, pain medication. This last summer in the National Football League, these doctors, we've found out, are just handing players pills. That means, A, their bodies are effed the bleep up, and B, it can help create a dependence problem Moving forward in life. Football's brutal. And you might say that the reward is worth it. Man, all I hear is these guys knew what they were getting into. They know what they're getting into. They know the risks involved with playing the game. Bull bleep. No, they don't. None of them ever expects to be the guy getting carted off the field. That's reality. They say that they know what they're getting into. They don't. They don't. Alejandro Villanueva, in a piece... In the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette said that even in war, and I'm paraphrasing here a little bit, he never thought it would be him until he started seeing his comrades fall around him. In the National Football League, these guys didn't really know what they were getting into because they've never seen what happened to Ryan Shazier happen before. Mike Mitchell, as you'll hear coming up in 10 minutes, said that he thought of the Eric Legrand situation, the kid from Rutgers who's now been paralyzed for life when he saw what happened to Ryan Shazier. But this is a lot closer to home. Man, football isn't evil. It's not. But inherent in football is violence. And what comes with violence? People getting hurt. What happens to young people? We're all ignorant. You know that you're going to die one day, but you don't really ever process that, do you? You don't. I'm going to die one day. I've always thought I'm going to die young. That's besides the point. That's for my therapist and I to discuss. But you've always kind of think that it's in the distant, distant future, and you're never really going to get there. If you're 18 years old and you're playing football and you've got coaches in your ear and your parents in your other ear telling you that this is your best course of action so that you can go to college for free and that maybe it could be a career for you because you're so gifted beyond anybody else that you've been playing with you just say okay and you think you know the risks you hear about concussions you hear about the torn acls but until it happens to you you don't really know that it can happen why do drivers die when they're young most of the drivers who die in this country are young people 
Why? Because they don't believe that anything can happen to them. I've been there. I've done things in college that make me go, oh, my God. That could have been it for young Crowley. You drink a thousand beers on a Saturday and you go to a football game and don't remember being at the football game? That's dangerous. You hear all the time about people falling off of roofs. You hear all the time about people busting their faces. Guys in fraternities die quite frequently, in fact. Because you don't understand the ramifications of what you're doing. You don't know what you're putting in your body can be that harmful. And for NFL players, they're people just like the rest of us, and they look at football the way that we've looked at other things in our lives. It's never going to happen to me. It's never going to happen to the guy next to me. We're different. I'm one out of 53. There's a much better chance that it's going to happen to somebody else than it's going to happen to me. And for Mike Mitchell yesterday to say that the game needs to say the same, after having watched what Ryan Shazier did on Monday and what happened to him subsequently after said tackle, to me was a little tone deaf. And while I said that I understand why Mike Mitchell said it, it doesn't mean that that's still not part of the problem. The problem being these guys need to have respect for one another but maybe these guys are so far ingrained into it, they, they need other people to look out for them. And I know that's going to get a lot of people ticked off because they're going to look at that politically. And there's always this freedom. You need to be able to make your own decisions. And I largely do agree with that. But what would we be if the government didn't say, hey, buckle your seatbelt. Hey, wear a helmet. What if there weren't warning labels on the side of cigarette cartons? Sometimes you need... A little guiding hand I'm not saying blow football up why would I it's my career but I am saying that these players don't know the damage that they're doing to themselves and if they love the sport so much they don't know the damage that they're doing to the sport the game needs to change for the game to exist as long as it's around I'm gonna watch it but I am gonna feel guilty doing just that four one two nine two 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 eight seven four Tweet me at underscore Adam Crowley. We'll start there. You tell me, do you feel guilty watching football? Will you feel guilty watching football in the future? 412-922-2874. Tweet me at underscore Adam Crowley. We do have Mike Mitchell's full comments from yesterday in their entirety. We got that for you next. And I've got a lot of thoughts on them, as I'm sure you do too. It's the Crowley Show. Is he shoving your thumbs in your butt before you plug them in your ears? I just assume you stick him up your butt first for the pleasure aspect. Also, did you really just blame Shazier for what now is going to affect him for the rest of his life? Did you just blame Shazier for having his spine operated on? It was the form, not the violence of the game. What are you talking about? Woody McAdams. You sound like an idiot. That's a name of an idiot. Comedian Woody McAdams is is the is the Twitter handle. I bet you if I click it, I'm not gonna say anything. I'm not gonna I'm not going to throw my opinion on any of this, but I am going to just read some of your tweets. Who's this? I can't. Do I can't. it. I actually can't. Do I just it. can't. I can't because it, it's it, it'll become too much of a political issue, but. You know this guy, right? You know who he is. We all know who he is. 
And you're the reason football's not going to exist in 150 years. Or whenever it does become boxing, it's because of you. Because you want football to remain like it was in the Stone Age, Woody. God. So today I had a guy named Woody tweet me. Yesterday I had somebody suggest that one way to protect the players is to put them in a Buzz Lightyear costume. So that's back-to-back days where I've had Toy Story-type references pop up. Next thing you know, we'll have the Tyrannosaurus Rex running across. and You know what? You'd probably like that. Just allow a T-Rex on the field in the middle of everything else just to add that extra element of violence. Just instead of hitting people in the head, just bite the head right off. Jackass. Thank you for listening. 412-922-2874. Tweet me. At underscore Adam Crowley. Colin does. He says, I had to turn off the game after the injury. He's my favorite player. But I will watch the Ravens game. Not sure how I'll feel. It's human. Human. To look at what happened on Monday and think, this is entertainment to me. That guy's life is different. I'm not going to speculate whether he's going to play football again. I'm not going to speculate whether he's going to walk again. I don't know. I'm not a doctor. That's one of the jobs that I would not be qualified for if I weren't doing this. I don't know what's going to happen to him. What I do know is it's horrific, and everything he's experienced thus far is something that nobody should ever have to experience. It's a car wreck what happened to him. Okay? So, for me to ask the question, do you feel guilty watching football, doesn't make a statement. It's a question. Will I feel guilty? I think I will. Am I going to stop? No. I'm not. But I guess the Next question would be, what's going to make me? If this doesn't make you stop watching, what will? If this doesn't change your opinion on the game, then what will? Someone have to die? Does someone have to seize on the field? I understand that you don't want your precious football to be tainted, but, man, it's a violent game that can leave people's lives altered forever. Antoine Randall said I wouldn't play if I could go do it again. He said, I'd play baseball. So former players are saying that, man, it was a little too barbaric, and I didn't realize it in the moment, then why can't we empathize with them as the viewer? Man, is your life going to be all that different? Serious question. If every Sunday at 1 o'clock, or for the Steelers, every Sunday night at 8, you don't get to watch a game? I mean, I could fill three hours doing something else. I mean, I can't because i got to do this show, but... I think I'd come to peace with it. We all do at the end of the off season, at the end of the season, right? We all find a way. I wonder what makes people walk away if this doesn't. And I think it's a fair question to ask, Mrs. Potato Head, or Mr. Potato Head, whatever your name is, Andy. Oh, it was Woody. Nailed it. It's just a question. Do you feel guilty watching football after what you saw on Monday? Did you feel guilty before? Got this tweet from Zach. I've always felt guilty watching football, but now you've gone and ruined porn for me, too. Ugh! Sorry. I'm sorry. I am. My bad. Let's now hear what Mike Mitchell had to say yesterday in its entirety so you can't accuse me of spinning anything or using it for my agenda. Here he is. V week, science. Science shouldn't make us weaker. Science should make us stronger. You want to be a real man? Mike Mitchell, and I understand where you're coming from, but you want to be a real man? Use the information at your disposal. Use the evidence. Use the facts and adjust your game.
it's easy for me to argue with my wife. It's easy for her to argue back. You know what's hard? Compromise. You know why 50% of the freaking people get divorced in this country? Because they can't compromise. Compromise is hard. Screaming at the top of your lungs isn't. Saying what's on the tip of your tongue isn't. Being a victim of that moment isn't hard. It's easy to snap. It's easy to say something you don't mean. That's all easy. What's not is to compromise. And that's what I'm asking Mike Mitchell to do. Compromise. Use that information at your disposal to become a greater man. You tell me that you playing football the way you've always played football and now having to change makes you less of a man? You're telling me it's a man's game? You know what's manly to me? I think that that whole notion's silly, but you know what's manly to me? Changing your game. Adapting. Sidney Crosby does it every offseason. He's the best in the game. Do it. Change. Do it. Intelligence makes you a man. Running away from intelligence? Oh, don't say it. Makes you president. Wilson, next up here on the Crowley I'm Show. sorry. Hello, Wilson. <laughs> you did take a shot at 45. You're that guy. Hey, Mike Mitchell, I, I like a stealer, and you know, how's Ward? What's the greatest wide well, receiver of all time? But guess what? I I don't have good sense because he made me happy when he knocked somebody out. I liked it, but guess what? It don't make you a man. When I was getting liquored up and watching them knock people out, it made me an idiot. But I think I'm smart enough to understand that you have to change sometimes. And it doesn't mean it's not football. I'll, I'll put some cleats on. Hey, God, I'll take Mike Mitchell on any time he wants and show him how the old people play. He, he couldn't play with Jack Lambert in him. I guarantee you couldn't. But he wants to be a man. It's not about being a The right decision. And I still love football. I still watch it. And, and I, I still want the big hits. You just got to do it the right way. If he can't learn it, I'll, I'll come down here and put my cleats on, and I'll show him how to do it. Hey, I Wilson, can't Wilson, you've said here, uh, I think, that you're about compromise. Uh, you've said here that you are okay with change. Have you ever thought about a throat lozenge? It's not about... This is called... This is called old age. This is what you get when you've been around for a minute. I never smoked a day in my life, if you believe that. I don't. Uh, have you ever tried tea? Has tea ever been something that you've considered? <laughs> yes, I do like honey tea. I will drink that. But I, I, every time you drink tea, you got to add a little bit to it. I'll say that for us. you got to add a little bit of stuff to it. So, so, Wil so Wilson, you actually, so you're actually on board with me this time. Uh, again, if I'm getting things uh, correctly here, you do think that in order for the game to continue, you need to change a little bit, right? I will change, yes. I will change if you change from being a, a West Virginia guy to being a pit guy. I always got to put that in there. I always got to put that in there. Yes. You know what's going to happen on Saturday, Wilson? West, West, West Virginia is going to slam your asses, dude. You're going to lose again. Again, this is the first time and the last time that I'll agree with you halfway. To 
It's a compromise. It's exactly what we're talking about. Thank you, Wilson. The greatest caller in the history of the Crowley Show. So this is something we've discussed. But as we approach the new year, we need awards. We need awards for best caller, best all kind of stuff. Wilson is Radio Gold. I think as a producing staff, we should probably start putting that together like a re- year in review. And, and granted, Wilson, solid gold right there. I might, I might bow down to Wilson and say that we should change the show, if maybe just for a day, to the Wilson show. Wilson! Maybe like in honor of Wilson, like a Wilson day, it's the Wilson show. It, oh, I love it, man. I love it. That guy's great. He is great, and I never thought he'd agree with me. I always thought when he'd call in, he'd try to be combative. Now, he, I feel like vacillated back to that at the end because he needed to get the dub V shot in. Mm-hmm. But he was with me, man. He's about intelligence. Next time we talk to him, I bet you his throat sounds a little bit better. I bet you he'll take a lozenge. I, I bet you he'll. I bet you he'll change his way. I like that he's already thinking about it and he's exploring tea. Like right off the top of the. I like tea. Yeah, yeah. I tried it. I had some stuff in it. What he adds in it, I'm not quite sure. Um, the secret ingredient there clearly isn't working, but I'm sure he's happy with it. Bourbon. Maybe it's working exactly the way he wants it to. Let's go to Devin next up in Pittsburgh. What's up, Devin? Who's this? How you doing, buddy? There's no way you can convince me that he's not a drunk uh, Dick Vitale. (laughs) (laughs) So just Dick Vitale, right? Dick Vitale, he took like 17 shots. (laughs) Uh, I wanted to talk about a couple of things. Um, One, I think the ratings thing is overrated. We have to realize, like, less than a quarter, well, okay, we'll say like 30 years ago, we used to have three channels. Now we have a thousand. We have streaming. We have people watch movies on their phones. There's many ways to be entertained. So when they talk about the ratings in the NFL, I kind of think it's overblown. Uh, this is what I want your opinion on. Um, tell me what you think. Uh, I think what's hurting the NFL is actually at the top. It's not the players. It's not the violence. I think it's the, the inconsistency. Well, you could tell me Gronk and Juju both get a one game suspension when you could when i could clearly see that Daz Bryant made a catch in a playoff game but you tell me he didn't make a football move but then you don't tell me what a football move is or when Troy Palomalu makes an interception in a playoff game you say he didn't make a football move what is a football move yeah i, I think- totally agree and i got to run here devin appreciate the call as always seriously i think that when you're trying to lay down the law on player safety it's more important than the other things that you referenced. Now, it'd be nice to know what a freaking catch is. It'd be nice to know what a freaking interception is. We don't know what those things are, and that's frustrating for football fans. But what's frustrating for me as a human being is Rob Gronkowski can fall on someone with his head, on their head, cause them to have a concussion, and then get a one-game suspension. They need clarity in all their rules. It'd be nice to know what a catch was. It'd be nice to know what an interception was. It'd be nice to know what a touchdown is. But if we're ranking them, please, during the offseason, find a way to have a rubric available for next year on what a suspension is and what is a suspension not and the level of suspension for each given atrocity. And I use the word atrocity solely thinking in my mind about what Rob Gronkowski did. That's assault. Now, I realize everything done on a football field, if done in real life, is assault. 
but that's not elite, that's not legal in football. It's not legal anywhere for him to do what he did. And I really think that the NFL missed an opportunity to make an example of that guy. Four one two nine two 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 eight seven four. Tweet me at underscore Adam Crowley. Two questions. You feel guilty watching football now? And why does intelligence make you less of a man? Also, a couple of notes on the AFC North. I think you'll like them next. Crowley Show. Do it. Let's not try to turn football into a dangerous, uh, barbaric game. This is how I've changed my family legacy. Uh, before I got drafted, I had $368 to my bank account. That is far from the case today. I've changed my family legacy by this beautiful game of football uh, for forever. So let's not try to turn it into a, some evil, dirty game. It's football. It's no different than UFC fighting. This is a combat, contact sport. Uh, there's going to be injuries. Um, that's just what it is. Man, just hand us all some flags. Hand us all some flags and let us go out there and try to grab the flags off. Uh, because we're not playing football. This is not damn football. When I, when I was six years old watching uh, Charles Woodson, Rod Woodson, um, that Sean Taylor, the, the hitters, Jack Tatum, you know, that's football. This, is, this ain't football. You got to know what the risk is when you sign up. No one wants to be paralyzed. No one wants to have head injuries. These are all things that are negative. But let's not try to turn football into a dangerous, uh, barbaric game. If you don't want to get injured, then don't come out here. This is for real men. This is a man's game. Ray Lewis said that a couple years ago. I stand by that. It's a man's game. If you want to be a little kid, you don't want to get your ass hit, then don't come out here because it's for grown men. You know, at the end of the day, man, especially, like, I'm, I'm sitting here talking to George after the game because he is one of my good friends. That's why I felt like I had to tweet and try to defend him because uh, I think it's just crazy. Like, I know George. I know his fiance. Um, he's not that way. But, you know, we are physical safeties. And think about what you ask us to do. We're always the last line of defense. We're always making bang-bang plays. Like, you never see us getting to line somebody up in a hole like a linebacker. We're playing full speed. He's 4-4. Four, four. We're 4-4, four, 4-3 four, 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 speed. Like, aim that. You go do that. You can't. It's just risk of playing football. If a guy, if the ball is in the air and a man jumps or a man ducks his head, how do you want me to re readjust my body? You cannot do it. At the end of the day, this is football. If you want to see flag football, then let's take our pads off. That would make it easier for me because now I don't got to wear heavy sh But give us flags for me to pull off because that way I know what we're playing. You know, I signed up to play full speed contact football, and we're not doing that. I feel like I got to ask a guy, hey, are you ready for me to hit you right now before I hit you? And that's crazy. I'm going to mess around and get hurt trying to protect an offensive player because he's running an over route. Damn it, your quarterback shouldn't have threw that ball messed up. That happened two years ago. That's, I, I'm, I'm not joking at all. Andy Dalton threw a ball to Tyler Eifert two years ago. Tyler Eifert had to dive for it. I was aiming for his gut. But if he don't dive, he don't get in the head. That's 50 grand out of my pocket, though, because Andy throws a bad ball. Make that make sense. And at first you're taking our money, but now, you know, I got Matt Hasselbeck calling me a dirty player and trying my character, and we've never met before. I donate more money to Cincinnati underprivileged kids than probably people on the Bengals. So don't give me that name. My nephew goes to school there, man. I take all that personal. If you don't know me, if you never had a conversation with me, don't judge us by what you see on football because football is my competitive side. You know what I'm saying? So it's just so much going on in the game right now. Yes, obviously I'm a little flustered, but, I mean, we just got to do better. We got to do better. I said it yesterday. We got to do better as players when we sign the next CBA. We got to get better leadership as who's running the league. Because obviously everybody from fans, owners, players are all disappointed in Roger Goodell. Um, we just, we just got to do better. We can't have a guy where you just hand out discipline on how you see fit. There needs to be a set guideline of how we do what we do. There's no way I see two people get post-play penalties, post-play infractions that don't have to do with football, and you get the same suspension as a guy that is making a football play in a football game. 
It's absolutely absurd. But like I said, man,